0: Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. Welcome. Glad to have you with us today. What if you knew that Christ lives in you? He does. And Warren Litzman knows exactly how to get that message across. For years, the church just has not been able for some reason, to hit that message, and it's all in the Bible. It's all right there in the Bible, and we are so lucky to have had these teachings of Warren Litzman to explain those things to you as we go back into our archives every week and bring you something special from Warren. Let's get right in today's message. It's about the plan. Here's Warren.
1: Greetings, dear friends. This is Warren Litzman coming your way with a gospel of Jesus Christ I hope that you tune in today that you can listen to me for at least 15 minutes that's all the time I'm gonna be able to spend with you but it'll be a glorious 15 minutes if you allow it you see I've got one theme in my life and that is that the world needs to know who Jesus is what he does for his followers what he does to God's children and what God is doing in this world. So my interest has to really emanate from the throne, and that's that's why I'm very careful about the scriptures that I go through. I'm going through these scriptures right now in Second uh, and in First Corinthians chapter two. And uh, let me let me just let me just read the eighth verse. That's where I am right now. The eighth verse of First Corinthians chapter two. It says, which none of the princes of this world knew. That's that's in in the Lord's day when Paul was writing this, there wasn't any of the followers of Christ or people who said they knew Christ or knew something about Christ. wasn't any of them that knew what God was really doing. They had all made their own plans to do their own thing, uh, and it goes on to read for. Had they known it, that's that blessed it again, had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, God kept it a secret, and much of it is still a secret today. God didn't let the news out that when my son dies, that's going to open the floodgates of love from my house, and I'm going to accept every one of those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my bona fide offsprings, my children. They're going to come and live in my house. I'm going to fix it so that every one of them will come to live in my house. How he can do that, I don't know it beyond me. But a city four square could do anything, I suppose. And so he has plainly said here, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They wouldn't have crucified him. And that had to be. That had to be. He had to die. Because the whole plan hinged, was basically basically tied to his death. He had to die. But not only he died in his death, the apostle Paul came along with a fuller gospel. Like in Galatians two twenty, he says. I am crucified with. That's the biggest word for humans in the New Testament. The word with Christ. In other words, he didn't die alone. God poured us into his body, and in his body he was mutilated, and that was us. Our sin, our shame, our hopelessness was all dealt with in the death of Jesus Christ. And he fixed it so that everyone who died with Christ, with Christ, would be his bona fide children. So you can't just go out here and get some sticks together and build a building and say that all of us are children of God. No, you must be born again. You can't just set up a big revival tent and start preaching that if you come over here you get answers to your prayers, you'll get a miracle or something. No, sir. Because you have to know first that you are a born again, porn again believer. Let's go to verse 9 in this second chapter of 1 Corinthians. The verse reads, But as it is written, I have seen, ear hath I has not I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God had prepared for them that love him. Just a, a few weeks ago when I first started this particular thought out of First Corinthians chapter two, I talked a lot about the benefits that are ours and now we get to it in verse nine it says, It has not come to eye, ear, or heart the things that God had prepared for them that love Him. What does it take to love God? What does it take to love God? You know where I think it starts? I don't have it before me now in note form, but I'm going to tell you what it takes to love God. You got to start at Calvary. That's where you start, loving God. You don't start with God's provisions to you. You don't start with God's healing power. You don't start with God's miracle working power. That's not where the love starts. The things that God had prepared for us must start at the cross. It starts only at the cross. It doesn't start somewhere else. Let's take a look at what happened back two thousand years ago at Calvary. Jesus came. He was under He was under the jurisdiction of the Old Testament prophecies to die. Over seven hundred times in the Old Testament it speaks. Of Christ coming and dying. Not just in the word Christ, but it speaks of Him as coming. Sometimes in the word Christ, sometimes not. He's come to die. But you see, most people have never considered that to be the starting place of love. What they don't understand, what they don't see is they were in his body when he died. You say, well, how'd they get there? They got there by the cup in Gethsemane. He drank the cup and the human race went into him. The sin and the shame of humanity went into him. And when he died, all that died with him. That's where the love begins. The love begins at the point where
0: he died. We'll be back in just a moment. How interesting is this message today? And it's a message that most people don't even know. As I'm listening, I'm thinking about a couple of books that Warren wrote. One is called Jesus Lost in the Church And the other one is about Paul. It's the Paul book. Both of those books are tremendous. The Paul book is one of the best books ever. And Lost in the Church also is right up there and very important. I think as you listen to today's message and think about the things Warren is saying, think about going to our website, christ-life.com. Christ-Life.org. Go to the bookstore and look for Jesus Lost in the Church and the Paul book. Now, let's get back to Warren.
1: Wonderfully is the plan. Gloriously is the plan. Hopefully is the plan. If we don't understand that, if we don't know that, then we've missed the plan. The plan for your life, the plan for the way you ought to live, the plan for raising your family. I deal with people regularly who claim to be Christians, but they don't have Christian families. They didn't raise their children to be Christians. They didn't raise their family in the name of Jesus. And now the sadness of a wicked world taking over in many of these children. That's a sad thing to me. And that isn't what God planned. That isn't what He planned. And so His remedy for that is you can still be born again. You can still confess your sin. You can still walk in grace. But not much longer. Because when He comes, that's the end of grace. When He comes, that's the end of the work of the Holy Spirit on this earth. When He comes, that's the end. Period. You either go up or you're left behind. So, how important is it to you that you hear this gospel and you see this gospel today? We're bearing it out of our minds and hearts right to you. I'm t- talking to you about the things you need to know. I'm not telling you how to win souls. That's wonderful. Some people have a ministry of that, and God bless them. I'm not telling you how to be a great Bible teacher. Many of you are Bible teachers in a church somewhere. But listen, I'm talking to you about a love affair with Christ. I'm talking to you about a love affair with your Father, Heavenly Father. I'm talking to you about what has to yet come about that is already fulfilled inside of you as God's plan, God's purpose, and God's hope for you. It's already planned. It's already finished. It's already done. It's yours for the living. For the living of it. It is yours. And so it hasn't entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. What is important is how much you love God. That is important. And I am always asked by people, well, how how do you... How do you go about that? you got to love God bef- more than you love yourself. You get that? You have to love God more than you love yourself. Did you get it? i got to say it again. You've got to lo- love God more than you love yourself. That's where the love affair starts. you got to break off with this other person you got to step into Romans 7 and break off from this old life, from the old man. you got to break off from it. You've probably done good things in your life. You went to school. You learned. You picked up professions. You went to college. You learned a lot more. You've learned an old, a whole lot of things that fit into your life according to what you think. But if all of those things are not turned over to Christ when you're saved, you got a hard lot. He didn't come into you to be a nothing, and that's what he is in most believers I see nowadays. He's nothing. Well, oh, he's something on Sunday morning. Maybe if you have a Wednesday night prayer meeting, he's something there. Maybe if you get in a lot of family trouble, he's something there. Maybe if you get sick unto death, he's something there. But he wants to be something in you 24 hours a day, turning it all over to him. I was talking to a medical doctor not long ago who was taken up with the Christ life. And he said to me, he said, I'd like to leave medicine. I said, what in the world would you do? He said, I'm not for sure, but he said, this I would do. I would form a love affair with Jesus I've never had before, and I'd turn my whole life over to him. Now, he could have done that as a doctor. Nothing wrong with being a doctor. An athlete said to me, can I still serve God and be an athlete? I said, absolutely. In fact, that's what you're needed. You're greatly needed there. Consider yourself a missionary sent there. But if it isn't turned over to Christ, who is the real you to God, he becomes a nothing. He becomes a nothing. It must be turned over to him. So I'm talking to you today about ear hath not heard, eye hath not seen, and hearts have not felt the glorious thing that God has done for them that love him. Do you love the Lord today? Would you go to any end to help me get the gospel to the ends of the earth? This this message you're hearing here is heard around the world. I have people in our groups all around the world that pick this message up every day. I'm trying to reach more. I need more to tune in to our website and hear the gospel. I need you to help me. So spread the word, would you? Spread the word about what God is doing and the Spirit is saying today. See you later. God love you.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast from Warren Litzman. You can see how important these messages are each week, how life-changing they are. And it's taken all from the Bible. It's been there the whole time. But thanks to Warren Litzman, we're able to really understand it more through his years and years of study. Hey, let's give some credit to Valerie Hilt. She runs our Twitter account, Tammy Laycock does the weekly posts that go right along with the messages each week. And Tammy Ferraro produces the podcast every week for the Christ Life Fellowship. Be sure and visit Christ-Life.org. Our special thanks to Robbie Litzman for allowing us to go through the archives and find these great messages to present to you each week in the vision of Warren Litzman's Hope to let the whole world know. That's what we're trying to do. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, Loving the Christ Life.